Hey everyone, welcome to The Way. This is Francis. And this is Jason, coming at you from the DMV. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Way. The Way. Anyway, so we are now start, starting on a new topic. New topic. Yes, new topic. Uh, thank you for listening, if you were, to the Confessions of a White Pastor series. That was a lot of fun, and it was a very important topic that we tackled. Yes, it is. Um, talking about racial reconciliation from the perspective of the gospel. But we're going to jump into a new topic, and uh, kind of completely different topic, actually. Um, we're going we're gonna to start talking about... And yet it's not. It's not. You're right. Uh, we're going to get to the place where you're going to see kind of a, a thread that's going through the, the topic here that we're going to tackle over the next several weeks. But we're going to start with... Um, this idea of creativity and that God is a creative God. Um, Francis, let me ask you a question. Do you consider yourself to be a creative person? Uh, no, I am not. Why is that? Uh, when I think of creativity, I think of like artsy-fartsy type thing. and Or something to do with like musically inclined or... Um, more of that way. Creativity equals art in your mind, yes? Yes. What are some of the characteristics of art that you don't identify with? Like, why would you not consider yourself artistic or creative? Well, I guess, like, drawing. I, you know, I used to sketch a lot of, like, like clothes, but I wouldn't say my designs were great. Okay. You know, I just didn't have that talent. Well, wait, you designed draw. your prom dress, right? Yes. It was great. I, I went to the prom with you. It was a phenomenal looking dress. You know what? It would have been better if the seamstress actually did it correctly. Oh. But so I... it didn't quite, she didn't capture my vision. All right. Well, you had vision though, right? Yes, So maybe I did. you are a little bit creative. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Here's a, I asked this question about creativity because I, I believe that um, God as a creator um, instills this thing in us in humans um that is kind of like like this image or this imprint of who he is in us right okay and part of that i think is seen in our creativity as human beings and even those people like yourself who um would say i'm not creative i don't have any creative or artistic abilities you just got through saying how you used to sketch and, and you had vision and all those kinds of things when you were younger. Um, was that coming from a place of imagination? Where did that come from, actually? Like, wh what was your inspiration for that? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, I like to draw or doodle. So that's what I used to do. And then I like, you know, I would always think of like pretty dresses. So I would just think of like what kind of, des cool. you know, design that I could come up with type thing. But it's not something like I go, oh, you know what? When I grow up, I'm going to be a designer type thing. Sure. You know, it's just something I did Just for something fun. that you had in you. Right. Right? And it was right. a way for you to express yourself. I mean, right? I did, I dance. So I took dance lessons. Okay. So that's another maybe creative thing that I do have. Right. But I definitely can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> so. I will go ahead and say amen yeah, to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, my whole family basically can sing, like Jason can sing, uh, our three children can sing, I cannot sing. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing I was like, oh, I wish I had because I love singing, especially my 80s songs. Yeah, definitely your 80s songs. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so, but it's painful, yeah, well. but it's there, right? Um, so, <laughs> I think with creativity, one of the things that is a really interesting aspect of creativity is where it comes from, right? Like, inspiration is a really interesting thing when you look at it, right? Like, what inspires you, or what inspires us to be creative, and what I find that's really interesting in this in the book of Genesis in the Bible. When it talks about God as a creator, God did not need inspiration where humans do, right? Like it says in the scriptures in Genesis chapter one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness. In essence, what it's saying is, is that God created all this stuff out of nothing, there was nothing that inspired him. He, he didn't need anything outside of himself to be inspired. Whereas we, as human beings, we actually need inspiration. And the majority of the time, if not 99.9% of the time, that inspiration comes from outside of us. Yes. This is what kind of how we know we're different than God. Even though he's put his creativity in us, we are different than him in the fact that we need inspiration. Right? God did not need inspiration in order to be creative. He is self-sustaining, self-fulfilling, and has inspiration in himself. And so that's a beautiful attribute and something that I want to explore as we talk about creativity um, and what the scripture says about creation. Right? Okay, so, well, let's explore that. Awesome. So as we keep going in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 3 Actually, the second part of verse 2 says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So notice, God speaks, his using his creativity, he can speak things into existence. Francis, have you ever been able to speak something into existence? Mm, I mean, typically the only thing I could do is like command or bark commands. <laughs> <laughs> and usually... Okay, maybe not always. Like people listen, okay. meaning my children. Yeah, and but, your husband. Well, yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't just speak it in existence. Right. Basically. In other words, it didn't come from nothing. Yeah, right? and I totally have to say it multiple times. Right, and, and and what I would say is is like I don't think God had to speak something multiple times. He definitely didn't have to repeat himself over and over and over again. Right. He also didn't have a husband who didn't that employed selective. Uh, hearing, hearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and children, got yeah, and children, and and I think that what you see here in the in the creation story, the account of creation is you see a God who speaks things into existence from nothing, and so His word is a powerful thing, right? His His spoken word, His word is powerful. Um, verse four, and God saw that it was good. Not only does He create. But what he creates, it's good, right? Not good in the sense of like good versus bad or like it's good in the sense of like I'm judging it to be, um, you know, a pleasurable. A pleasurable or a good piece of art. No, good in the full sense of goodness. Okay. All right. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called light day and the darkness night. Together, these made up one day, all right? So God's creativity is so um, vast and so big that he even came up with the idea of day and night. 
that's what the author of Genesis is trying to get across here when he's talking about this, is that God is this amazing creator God who even has control over whether it's day or night. What kind of creativity do you have to have to come up with that type of like amazing ingenuity, day and night? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Or yes. like the question that's asked um, in one of your favorite chapters in the Bible, in Job chapter 38, right? Yes. The question that he asked there is, were you there when I outlined or drew the line in the sand between the ocean and the, and the ground, right? <laughs> Who determines where the ocean is going to stop and where the ground is going to start? Yeah, that's definitely my favorite book of the Bible. Yeah. Because every time I think of, like, I am either, like, this most awesome person or I even question his sovereignty, that, like, that chapter just totally reminds me of my place mm. and so, how great uh, our God is. So, so talk about that for a second. Like, God's creativity, like, his amazing creative um, force... Right, his amazing creativeness kind of inspires us and makes us kind of worship him in awe, right? Yeah, for sure. What, like, what's that? Talk about that. Like, when you read Job thirty-eight, when you go through some of those questions that Job asked, you know, that God asked Job in that in that section, what are some things that come to mind for you as far as like your you being in awe because of how like um, amazing God is? Well, I mean, I just think of um, again, you know, how he basically spoke everything in existence. Right. Just like what you said, it's like, you know, day and night, you know, the mountains and the, the water, how he separated the water from the land. You know, I mean, you know, only he did that. You know, there was nobody else that did that. And so when I think of like, when I'm whining about something, when I'm questioning a decision or I'm questioning, let's say, uh, a circumstance that I'm in, and it's like, okay, so isn't he a good God? But isn't he still a good guy even in this circumstance? Mm. You know what I mean? And I think of like, I am but a small, like this created being in this big scheme of this world that he created. Right. You know, so my lifespan is maybe, you know, the max 100, right? And, but... You know, he lives for eternity. He's yes. always existed. Yes. So to, to think of it even in that terms as like, okay, I could, I'm, you know, I'm 47 right now and maybe I have 30 more years. Maybe I have 50 more years. I don't know. Maybe I don't have any of those days. We don't know, right? Right, Because right. he knows the number, like the days of our lives. So just even that is just so vast to me and so big that I can't even comprehend at times. Yeah, the whole idea of creation in light of creator is a really kind of awe-inspiring thing to ponder, right? Like, as a created being, one of the things that is really, really interesting is this idea that we have as a society that we can determine our own destiny. We can determine our own um, path. Or even, right? like, the you know, we always question, like, well... I want to do something meaningful. I want to do, you know, um, I, I want to know my purpose, right? And yet, how come we don't, we go to everyone else, we go to every self-help book to find out what that is, but we never go to the creator himself who created us. Right. Like, you know? Like, as if 
the creation can tell the creator what it's for. Yeah. Right? And it's totally ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. It's almost as ridiculous as a automobile that's being manufactured um, on an assembly line. Right? Picture this. And then when it's done being manufactured, it tells its designer what its purpose is. Or even if we purchased the auto automobile, like, you know, its purpose was what? To drive around to get to point A to point B, right? right? But instead, what are we going to do? It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll use it as my, you know, kind of like to show the world how nice I have, like what nice car I have. And it's just here in my showcase room or something. Right. Right. So it's literally just sitting there rather than being used for its purpose. And as a matter of fact... Just to take that analogy further, what you just said, when a, a car is made to be driven, when it sits too long, it actually does damage to the vehicle, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing to, to consider when you're looking at creation versus creator. And I think that how our society approaches this subject matter and how it approaches this idea of, of identity and this idea of purpose, as you said, Francis, how our society approaches this idea of creator, you know, many people don't believe that there is a creator, right? Many people believe that our existence is by chance. Our existence is through, you know, a scientific process. Um, and we're not going to get into the merits of or the lack of merits of evolution in this conversation. But what's really interesting to me is, is that um, the book of Romans actually says that we're able to see God's invisible power and his his invisible qualities yep. in creation. Yeah, because in um, Romans 1 verse 20, it says, Forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his, his eternal power, divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. See, that's the irony is that his, his created things, his... His workmanship, so to speak, right? The things he's put his hands to um, and created actually tell us about him, right? Mm -hmm. And they tell us so much about him that we have no excuse. We we should know who he is. We should, And when I say we should know who he is, we should know that he exists. We should know that there is something bigger than ourselves. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy that we want to deny the fact that he existed and that he created us. Simply because if you even just look at yourself, your own body, how there is a purpose for every limb that you have. There's a purpose for every organ that you have. Right. Right. And even just like, you know, when you look at yourself and you, you go to the doctor and you do and then they do x-rays and all that stuff, you could see the intricacies of everything. Yeah. You know, and how is that not like created for a purpose, right? Right. Right. Like you can't say, I know you didn't want to go there, but like you can't say that you were just, you just exist, existed from the big bang theory or even, you know, evolution. Right. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous to me that anyone could possibly think there is no God that created this body, right? your body, every single body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even, even the way we were, we are born, 
you know, we were like basically we were babies inside uh, your in mo- our mother's womb. Even in that, it's like who comes up with that? Right. Just like what you said, who comes up with day and night separating the light and day and and darkness? Right. Who comes up with like, hey, let's put this, create this human being inside a woman's body to protect it for nine months until it's time to be able to like give birth. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at Psalms 139 and it's verse 13 to 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I, I, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, and every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. Like, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's so beautiful that you, I, I can't even imagine thinking that I was just, this blob of a cell on the ground out of nowhere when he literally knew me before I was born. Single cell amoeba from the primordial soup. Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, and and that, you know, I was like, he created me in that, in that darkness, you know, in the, in the, in the, in in my mother's womb. Yes. Every part of me. And knew you. And you, yeah. Yeah. And every day of my life was recorded in his book already. Yeah. How? How can we not say there is a creator that created us? And how beautiful that is. And how beautiful he created each one of us uniquely. Yeah, some people would argue that, you know, the way that humans procreate and make children, that that's evidence that shows that God doesn't create humans. And I argue the exact opposite. Wait, I, th- I don't get it. What well, do you mean? What they say is, is that because of, of, of the fact that humans procreate, Right, we, okay. you know, we are the ones who bring life into the world, not God. But okay, even if okay, we obviously procreate, right? Um, but someone still has to breathe life into that baby. Okay, right. So like, you know, that baby was already growing in your belly, so therefore there's already life in there. Right. Like you're not some super human being that can do that. Right. Yeah, we don't have anything to do with the spark of life, do we? No. Yeah. I mean, you could, I think people have tried. They've tried. You know, they've done a lot of, I don't know, different things, I'm sure, in the lab to like, you know, so they could be God and create human Mm. life. But I don't think I've ever seen one or there hasn't been in the news that someone has created a human life by itself. Like yeah, out I mean, of something. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, you know, with artificial insemination, it's still placed into the womb. Yes. And the spark of life still has to take place. Yes? Yes. I don't right? think I've seen it grow outside the womb. Well, right. It won't. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the fact that we procreate, to me, is evidence of creation. In other words, God has placed his image in us mm-hmm. as being creative beings the way that he is. And obviously we're nowhere near God's at God's level of, of creativity, right? But he's given us this ability to, to procreate. The very word tells you, right, that we're able to procreate as humans. And it's a, it's a picture, if not an object lesson, of God's creativity. 
right? The fact that we're able to, and honestly, all of creation, you know, animal, the animal kingdom, right? There's no difference between humanity and the animal kingdom in this regard, in the sense that God's thumbprint, so to speak, is seen in all of his creation of animals and, mm-hmm. and even humans in the fact that animals procreate, right? right? That procreation points to him, right? not to, not to um, an evolutionary process, right? And I mean, the big difference is he did create us human beings in his image. Absolutely. Right. So that image bearing quality is what distinguishes us from the rest of the animal kingdom. Yes. Yes. And so what's really interesting about that is the fact that when you and I are born, when you and I have, when we mature and grow, there is a process that we go through of maturity that's not, that's more than just physical maturity there's emotional and spiritual and mental maturity that we go through stages of in our life that the rest of the animal kingdom doesn't necessarily go through These things are all attributed to God's creativity. And it, it makes this conversation a beautiful conversation, but it also makes it a very like, it's an interesting conversation and sometimes can be confusing for us because I don't know if you've ever been around creative people, Francis. I know you have because you've, you've been married for a long time, but like when you're around creative people and you experience like the way that they handle their creativity and the frustration they have in dealing with their own creativity and how their creativity is expressed. What are some of the things that you've seen creative people deal with as far as frustration? Um, I mean, I think one of the things that um, for creative people, what I see is when they're typically like perfectionists with their art, you know, and it frustrates them when it's not as, uh, as they see it, as they want to see it, you know, the finished product, right. product per se. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest frustration or they, I mean, I think most people that are like, I guess they have that artisticness, whatever quality right, they right. have, it's almost like they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread <laughs> to, to that particular thing. Well, what's our, we also tend to make them feel that way. Like if somebody's really good at their art, we tend to kind of put them on a pedestal. Right, we tend sure. to lift up artistic people. Or people maybe like for just, instance, people maybe, who can sing. Maybe just you know, we're like, wow, that was awesome because, like, for me, since I can't sing, so when I hear someone that can sing, it's like that is beautiful, you know. Which it is, right? Right. So one of the things that I've experienced being around creatives is, for whatever reason, creatives really struggle with wanting others to appreciate their art. They have a really hard time um, making art for the sake of making art. Right, that's right? true. Like that's they, true. they really want others to acknowledge to their art, to appreciate. It. You know, you hear musicians oftentimes talk about, you know, I want people to hear my music, man. Or I want, <laughs> you know, or an artist wants, you know, a dancer, for instance, wants someone to see them dance. They very rarely... Um, engage in that art for themselves right now they'll say it's for themselves Mm -hmm. you know you'll hear struggling artists all the time talk about how you know I do this for myself it's my therapy it's it's this that or the other but really deep down 
every artist wants to be appreciated for their art, right? Yeah, I mean, even Christian artists. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, you could say you're doing it for for God, but at the same time, you know, if that's like your livelihood, if that's your livelihood, then you basically can you are like you want the, that that song to climb the charts. You want to sell so many CDs and albums, you know, because that is also part of your livelihood, even though it is for, you're doing it supposedly for God. Right. right. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that's a struggle specifically for people who are extremely creative? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, like when you're doing something, uh, like you said, creative, you know, or uh, and it, you're great at it. I think it's just natural for human beings to for that that pride or to come out right because okay. i mean it could be anything it doesn't even have to be something like artsy right you know it could be like what like one of the things i am gifted in is like planning an event so when you're like planning an event and it turns out great you know then you're like yeah cool you know you were happy about it not necessarily because oh you wanted a pat in the back but even for yourself sometimes you know just the satisfaction it almost feels you know? like you're getting like almost like a, a sense of glory out of it. Yes? yes, yes. All right, so check this out. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else began, and he holds all creation together. Yes. So, in Christianity, one of the things that is a, a foundational element to what we believe is what we would call the supremacy of Christ. He's at the center of everything. He holds everything together, including creation. And it actually states here, Paul writing to the um, church in Colossae, that actually creation, God used the Son. God the Father and God the Son worked together, right? And Christ is the one through whom creation came through, right? That is a... Well, first of all, it's mind-blowing, but it, it's also... This idea that we actually have this this savior that we can relate to, this man, this God man who came uh, in you know to rescue us, and he's the same one who was at creation, who we worship, who we adore, and who we owe our allegiance to as humans. Yes, so God's creativity is seen in Christ. Like he is the pinnacle of God's creativity. And therefore we as Christians, this is, this is for me at least, this is one of my favorite uh, verses in scripture or sections in scripture because it, it's what reminds me that Jesus is worthy of my worship. It's what reminds me that Jesus is the object of my worship as a follower of Christ. What are your thoughts about that, honey? What are my thoughts about God being the author of life? Yeah, and just, you know, Christ at the center and the idea of his supremacy in our lives and the fact that he was through whom uh, uh, creation came from. I mean, I think that kind of answers the question, is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, wow, right? Wow, yes. 
because it if God, the Creator, who is also God the Father, basically sent His Son Jesus to to Earth to be like this in this human form to die for our sins, to be our basically our intercessor and stuff, then you know, like to me, that's the like I guess the basic. I'm not basic like the the embodiment of his creativity. Yeah, it's like who comes up with that? Yeah, you know what I mean. Who comes up with the perfect atonement for our sins to be his own son? Right, come down to 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 in a human body like the like the very folks that he created in his image. You know, to rescue us. Yeah, and 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 that was you know the blueprint from the beginning. Right, exactly. But it's the I mean. Again, who who comes up with that? I agree. You know, another verse that comes to mind as we talk about this is when the, the concept or idea of love, like the Romans 5, 8 says that this is how we know what, you know, God's love is or what love is. It says that, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Like right. this idea of that we have, you know, try to redefine or de, like we try to define what love is. When in reality, God has already given that definition through his own creative, uh, you know, the way that he just is, right? We, we, we hear all the time that God is love, but the reality is how we know God's love is through the sacrifice of Jesus, mm. right? Yes. And that therefore, we can understand what love is because of that sacrifice. And that is all seen and all wrapped up in this scripture here in Colossians where it talks about the supremacy of Christ and how he is over above he he is through whom all things are held together so you know one of the things that is always interesting to me is um when you look at a piece of art right like uh, a painting for instance Mm -hmm. um there's two ways to look at a painting um the first way is if especially if you're a painter yourself or someone who appreciates the you know the the finer points of of painting, you can get a very close vantage point to the painting as close as you're allowed to get to it, and observe the brushstrokes of the painting right. on the canvas, right? And and that's a pretty th- uh, amazing thing to observe is how the painter actually stroked the the canvas with the paint and see the brushstrokes. But the one thing that you miss when you when you look at the painting that way is you miss the vantage point of it the the, the actual big picture, so to speak, right? Right. Another way to view art is to take a step back, maybe several steps back, and actually look at the painting from a different vantage point where you can see the whole picture. And I believe that God creates, and his art, his, 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 art, his creation, is just that. It is a, it is a masterpiece that is, that is basically put in front of our eyes and oftentimes we try to look at it so close. We want to try to see God and his brush strokes, mm-hmm. right? We want to try to interpret who God is through those brush strokes. I mean, and we do that a lot in a sense of like, we, we take a look at our, like this season of our life or right. maybe what our circumstances right now. And we go, where's God? Or where am I going? Where, what, what is it? I'm, what am I supposed to be doing in five years? But we, we don't look at it from his point of view, which is our lifetime. Right. Or even, it's not even about us, uh, really. It's about him. Right. We were created for his glory. Yes. You know, so even, you know, in a sense of like, we're trying to always figure out, it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? What do I want to do when I grow up? What do I want to do when I retire? 
I mean, our, our life is not our own, especially if you have professed to be a Christian. Right. Our life is definitely not our own. We're definitely bought with a price. give us a revelation of himself and his word and in his word he says in the very first uh, verse that we read tonight from Genesis chapter 1 the story of creation starts with God in the beginning God yep right and and I'm going to jump in because even in John 1 you know John chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God he existed in the beginning with God and that's talking already about Jesus yes you know, and I think that is just amazing how they kind of like just, you know, come together. They all dovetail, right? right. Paul and Colossians, John in, in the book of John and Genesis all kind of are saying the same yes. thing. And kind of like I wanted to go back to that painting um, point of view, right? Yep. You said, you know, you could look at a painting up close, like with your nose almost to the canvas. Yep. Or you could step back and see the bigger picture. And I think, you know, even the word of God, that's what people have done and why they always have this question, is this really a word, you know, come from God? It's written by a bunch of men or, right. you know, a bunch of people. And it's like, yeah, but you're taking story by story by story and you're trying to debunk things from that, right? And you're looking at it so close that you don't even see the bigger picture, the thread that's from the beginning of you know, in Genesis to Revelation that it all points back to Jesus. Yes. And again, how creative is God to speak to all these different people to write all these supposed stories, you know, and yet it points back to one man, Yeah. you know, his son. Yep. You know, these stories all fit a narrative and, you know, how cool is it that how artistic God is that he inspired the word of God, which is a, a form of art. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, just like you, you, when we study it, there's like, there's letters in there. There's narratives in there. There's parables in there, right? Poetry. Poetry. I mean, come on. How creative is our God? Right. You know? And even in those writing that's supposedly written by all these just random people, like that always, that people always try to debunk, like it all points to Christ. They're all, they're all written in different styles. How creative is that? Yeah. You know? And it has lasted all these many, many thousands of years. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing um, concept to really try to wrap your head around. And you can't. I you mean, really, you yeah, just you're can't. Right. You're right. I mean, you can try. Um, it's something definitely to ponder. But in reality, w- what I would say to our listeners as we, you know, kind of go deeper with this subject matter over the next several weeks, you know, this idea of creativity is is something that you know gets it gets a lot of uh, attention these days, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Very, people are very much into creativity in today's world. You know, we're not as pragmatic as we once were. We're much more uh, into the arts and and we're much more into media and how people um, are able to use their, their creative gr- gifts, their gifts yes. right? And that is a real um, kind of, I don't want to say like... Uh, that's, it's kind of an in thing. It's kind of how we kind of function as a society now, right? And the reality is, 
what we need to be looking at is this this idea of creativity uh, through the lens of why am I here? What is my identity? Right. Mm-hmm. So as a as you know as a podcast, you know we're unashamed Christians, right? We really, really, truly believe um, that the Bible is God's you know, word, he, it's a spoken God breathed word, right? We believe that Jesus is Lord and savior, right? Yes. We believe that his death on the cross has secured us. Um, if we, if we walk with him, it has secured us salvation and that we will spend eternity with him. We believe that he's returning, right? We believe all these things. Yes. And so for us, this idea of, of creativity is, rooted in this creator God. We can't separate the two, right? We can't separate yours and my creativity from creator God. We believe that that creativity is given to us by God. Therefore, if I'm going to if I'm going to exercise and if I'm going to express my creativity, I need to do so with God's his creativity on my mind. I need to be thinking through how his creativity has influenced and how it flows through me. And that's a really tough subject, right? Because creativity tends to be very personal and very expressive and individualistic, right? It's not something that we want to attribute to someone else. We want we want to to express ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that through that self-expression, it Oftentimes, you said this earlier, it oftentimes leads to pride, right? And so what I would suggest to our listeners is that when you're, when you're pondering and you're thinking about and you're meditating or you're doing whatever it is that you do and you start down this path of trying to figure out why you're here and maybe trying to exercise or utilize some of your own creativity, start with the way that the Bible does, start with God. In the beginning, God, right? Start in that place. Um, I can tell you that the book of Colossians later on in scripture says that Jesus is through whom God created everything. Test the waters with this Jesus, right? See the beauty of creation for what it really is. It's his handiwork, right? Look at your brothers and sisters around you look at look at humanity and see just the amazingness of how humans are created right the beauty like you mentioned earlier honey in the in the in the human body right the the amazingness of the human body um start there when you're walking down this path of creativity and trying to discover where you fit one of the first places that creation should go to find out where it fits is to its creator. Amen. Any any parting thoughts, honey? Probably just scripture. Scripture Romans eleven thirty six says, For everything comes from him and exists by his power, and is tended for and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. All glory to him forever. Thanks everyone for listening. And God bless you. And listen, tune in to our next podcast. We love the fact that you're listening. Take care.